You are listening to audio provided by FBC Farwell. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out fbcfarwell.org. I love, absolutely love that last song. It is a convicting song. Um, We think about um, our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. Um, And He chose to go to the cross. He chose to love us. He chose you. Um, man, it's, it's an overwhelming thought. Who do you think made this statement? My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. And my body rests securely. Who do you think could have made that statement? My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. And my body rests securely. I mean, that, that has to be someone who, who just came back from like a 21-day vacation, right? To be able to say that, like, who, who could say that? My heart is glad. I mean, maybe, maybe it's somebody that just, um, uh, just finished eating like their, you know, a 20-ounce ribeye and a, and a honking big potato, like, with butter and cheese and bacon bits and nothing else, right? Meat and potatoes. It couldn't be someone that just had a salad, I'm telling you that, Right? Amen. It's like who who could say that? Maybe it's somebody that's just I mean it's just like payday and they and it's you know that, that like may, maybe they can say it now. Who my heart is glad my whole being rejoices my body rests securely. Who said that? Well, the person who said that was King David. King David says this, you might be thinking, well, well, of course, king, you know, king, he's, he had everything handed to him. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to do anything. He had no troubles. I mean, it's King David, right? No, 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 listen, it is King David who, who is constantly having to run and having to defend and protect his life. He's able to make this statement. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter 16, verse 9. And you will find this statement. Psalm chapter 16, verse 9. I intentionally left out a key word in David's statement. And it is the word, therefore. Therefore, he says, Psalm 16, verse 9, My heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. We must ask the question, what happened before the word, therefore, in verse 9? I mean, did, did King David like shoot a video and it go viral on TikTok or YouTube? For him to be able to... For him to be able to make this statement, my heart is glad, my whole body rejoices. I mean, did, did King David like, like just you know, win a, uh, 
uh, an all-inclusive paid vacation to whatever beach he wanted to go to. Is that, is that what has happened before verse 9? My heart is glad. Let me tell you why I think it's important for us to hear this message. Where this message comes from today. Just taking a little pause. For the next few weeks, we're going to take a pause from Acts. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about pools, politics, and our purpose. All right, so I hope you'll come back next week. Pools, politics, and our purpose. Today, I want to talk to you about how we can have a heart that is glad, our whole being rejoicing, and our body resting securely. I found this verse when I, over the last couple of weeks, I've been doing some studying on the word hope. The word hope. And the reason I've been doing that study over the last couple of weeks is because there has been something welling up inside of me that I don't like. Like, has that ever happened to you? Like, like, like something is being revealed inside of your soul that you don't like. And here's what I began to, to see in my own life, that, that I was beginning to become an old, bitter person at 49 years old. And I, don't, I, I am not going to be a bitter person unhappy, cynical old man at 49 or 79 or 99, however God allows me to live. However God, however long God allows me to live. I'm not going to do it. But here's the deal. It is a choice. And it can sneak itself into our life so easily. And here we see King David who could have become an old, cynical, bitter, joyless person. But yet he chose not to be. And he says here in verse 9, my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my body rests. Let me ask you, can, can, can we say that? Like, I know we desperately want to, but can we? Can, can we say that our heart is glad? Like not, not just on Friday or or not just when the circumstances in our life are all lining up to everything being perfect, but can we say that on, on Monday? Or, or are we finding ourselves with a little more bitterness than what we had a year ago, or two years ago, or three years ago, or, or anger, or, or jealousy? King David says, <clears throat> my whole being rejoices. Could... Let me ask you this way. Let's, let's make it personal. Could, could this be said of you? That it takes less time for you to lose your joy. In other words, being short-fused. And it takes more effort for you to find joy than it did, say, 5, 10, 15 years ago. Let me ask you again. Is, it, is this true of you that it takes less time for you to lose your joy? I mean, maybe you get up in the morning and everything is great. And, uh, and, you, and you, you're driving the car. You're listening to praise and worship service. I mean, it's, everything is wonderful. You've downloaded one of our sermons. You're like, amen, Brother Ross. I mean, like, right, that happens, right? Just say yes. Just Okay, amen. And then you... Walk into work and like your joy, I mean, everything was going great. And then just in one little instance, your joy can be gone. 
And used to, 5, 10, 15 years ago, you could leave whatever that situation was. You'd get back in your car and you could put on another podcast from First Baptist Church. Far away, you're like, yes, and praise God. But now it takes more time and more time. It takes more energy, to, energy for you to find that joy in your life than it did just a few years ago. David says, my heart is glad. <clears throat> my whole being rejoices. My body Rest, rest, what is that? Right? What, what, is, what is rest? Many times, many times people go on vacation and they're more tired after vacation than they were when, before they went on vacation. Anybody, can you, can you relate? Like we pack so much into a short amount of time so that we can rest, but we come back from vacation, we're exhausted. Rest, what is rest? Write this statement down. Physical rest will never be maximized when I am spiritually drained. Let me say that again. Physical rest will never be attained, maximized, will never ever be able to be enjoyed as long as we are spiritually drained. And a lot of times, we are going on vacation, we're taking time off, we're escaping to things to find rest, all to find out after we come back to our normal rhythms of things that we haven't rested at all. Could it be that we are spiritually drained? I'm telling you, you will not be able to find true physical rest as long as you are spiritually, spiritually drained. Let me give you an example. The same king, King David in Psalm 32 in Psalm 32, if you want to turn over there, we're going to look at verses 3 and 5 or it'll be on the screen. In Psalm 32, King David, this is, this is King David describing what it was like in that season of time, from the time that he had had the adulterous affair with Bathsheba, killed her, had her husband killed, and the time that he asked for forgiveness. It was about a year and a year and a half period where King David was walking in the guilt of his sin of an adulterous relationship and the murder of her husband. About a year and a year and a half. And King David describes what that period was like in Psalm chapter 32, verses 3 through 5. Follow along with me on the screen. Listen to what King David says. When I kept silent. My bones became brittle from groaning all day long. For day and night, here he's talking to God, for day and night your, your hand was heavy on me. Watch this. My strength was drained as in the summer heat. But, verse 5, then, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to you. And then look at what he says. And you forgave my sin. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Listen. Rest. Physical rest will never be maximized. <clears throat> when I'm spiritually drained. And here now we see King David in Psalm 16 verse 9. My heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My body rests securely. Here's the question that we must ask ourselves if we want what King David has. You ready? Here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. If we want that, if we want to be able to honestly say, my heart is glad, my whole body rejoices, my, my soul rests. 
We must ask this question. You ready? How, here's the question. How do we battle bitterness, joylessness, and exhaustion when they come knocking at our door? And they will come knocking, right? Like they, they come knocking, and this is, oftentimes they come knocking rather frequently. So what do we do when bitterness and joylessness and exhaustion comes knocking at our door? Do we just settle for it? Man, I, listen, I refuse to settle for that. I'm not going to do it. But it's more than just a statement. There is some intentional steps that we must make to not settle for joylessness, bitterness, cynicism. But what do we do when they come knocking? This morning... I want to show you through Psalm chapter 16 how you can honestly, confidently, consistently say as the psalmist says about your own heart, about your own being, in your own body, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My body rests. I want to show you how to do that. The fruit of verse 9. To be able to enjoy what the psalmist is joy, enjoying there in verse 9 is a result of four intentional steps. And if we want to enjoy what the psalmist is enjoying, then, enjoying, then we must take these four intentional steps. Listen, you're going to have to work at it. Listen, our salvation was a gift of God's grace. We didn't have to work at our salvation. There's absolutely nothing you could have done to save yourself. It is a gift of God. But listen, if you want to walk in the joy, in the rest, in the peace that the psalmist is walking in, then you have to walk on it. You have to work at it. You don't have to work at your salvation, you're saved. But you have to fight to have the joy, to have the peace, to have the rest that the psalmist is experiencing. You have to fight for it. You, you can't, you can't just, just sit back and say, well man, it's just this, these are the cards that have been dealt me. No, 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 listen. You must make intentional steps. And I'm going to share four. We see four of them in the text. I'm going to share those with you. Here, let's start. Let's get going. Number one. Ready? Intentional step number one. Take refuge in God. This is what we see. Look at verse 1 of Psalm chapter 16. Look at what he says. Protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. In other words, we can assume because King David is saying protect me, he's not just making that statement because everything is going grapes or great and he is being fed grapes. Listen, there's, there's an enemy against King David. And he is, he is calling out to God. He makes this request, protect me, God, for I take refuge in you. Listen, instead of running to an escape when our heart is hurt, we need to run to God as our refuge. That's what we see in King David, instead of him running when, he is, when he's feeling challenged, when he is feeling uh, the pressure, uh, when he is being hurt, when, when people are speaking like they want to destroy his life, when, when gossip abounds about him, listen, he goes to God as his refuge. 
Listen, a refuge is a place of protection. It's a place of safety, of security, and assistance. And I want you to hear this. I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago with our Sunday night uh, in, when we were just getting ready for our prayer meeting. That refuge is always, always, always greater than an escape. A refuge is greater than an escape. How do I know the difference between the two? Refuge and escape. Listen, escape wears off. Escape fades. An escape fizzles out. But a refuge is rock solid and it never wears out. And so here, let's, let's make this really personal. Let's get down to the brass tacks. Identify. Here's where, here's where we, we, this is homework, if you will. Identify what your escape mechanisms are when you feel unloved, when you feel disrespected, and when you feel abandoned, when you feel unaccepted by others. Identify what your escape mechanisms are. Listen, I know that we can, we can really just throw darts like, well, it's the drugs, that's the escape mechanism. Well, it's the, it's the alcohol, that's the escape mechanism. Yes, absolutely those are. Sometimes people turn to those, but sometimes it's binge watching hours and hours and hours of TV just so we don't have to deal with the hurt that we're feeling. And anytime, hear me, no matter what your escape mechanism is, whether it's legal or illegal or accepted within the church, whatever your escape mechanism is that keeps you from taking that hurt, from taking that unloved, from taking that disrespect to God and saying, God, will you help me with this? Whatever that is, listen, it is standing in the way between you and the peace that God has for you. An escape mechanism will always wear off. But God, our refuge, is rock solid and He never moves. How do we find out what they are? Well, there are probably, maybe some of them, for all of us, are pretty clear. But if you're not sure, if there's something standing in the way between you and the peace that God has for you, listen, go to God in prayer asking God, will you show me what I am running to when I am hurt, when I feel disrespected, when I feel unloved, when I feel unaccepted, whatever those emotions are that cause me to run. God, will you reveal what my escape mechanisms are? And He'll reveal them to you. It, maybe it's... Maybe you're blessed and you have a close friend that you can go to and say, man, what, or, or, or a spouse, and you can say, what, what do you see? A spouse will tell you. Like before you even get it out of your mouth, a spouse will tell you. They love you. I think it's Proverbs 27, 6. It says, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds of a friend can be trusted. So you go to a friend, someone you trust, Someone that seeks the Lord on a regular basis. And you say, what, do you see escape mechanisms inside of my life? Do you see that when I kind of get offended in a, in a, in a situation or when I'm, when I'm hurt, and you know that I'm hurt, what do I run to instead of running to God? And they'll tell you. Exchange. And when you find out what they are, you note them. You, you write them down and you exchange your escape mechanisms for running to the refuge of our Lord and Savior. That's what we see with King David. 
He takes refuge in God. And in doing so, he's able to say in verse 9, My heart is glad. My, my whole being rejoices. My body rests securely. He takes refuge in God. That's not an easy step. That can take some time. But we must be intentional. Listen, Christians ought to be the most joyful people on the planet. But sometimes we're not. And, and, and I think what's frustrating is that we've just kind of lost hope that that's even possible. Oh man, I, I want to renew your hope that it is possible. That's what we see. Alright, second intentional step. Point number two. Find contentment in God alone. Find contentment I left out a word, and hope in God alone. Find contentment and hope in God and in, in, in hope in God alone. Now listen, contentment, sometimes we can, we can mix these words up. Contentment is not complacency. Contentment is saying, God, if all that I had, if, if everything else was stripped away, if everything in my life, my, my financial resources, all of my, all of my relationships, if all of it was stripped away and all I had was you, I am in the best place I could possibly be. That's what we see with King David. Look at verses 5 and 6. King David says in verse 5, Lord, You are my portion. Underline the, the, the two words, You are. Lord, You are my portion. Lord, You are my cup of blessing. You hold my future. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have, an, I have a beautiful inheritance. Verse 6 has nothing to do with real estate. It has everything to do with contentment in God. The intentional step we must make is find contentment, contentment and hope in God alone. The emphasis here is the Lord is. That's why I should underline, you are the, <clears throat> the Lord is. King David says, you are my portion. If, if you was to think of it this way, when you, uh, you, know, when you go to a restaurant and, and they give you a, a portion, and you love it when they go to the restaurants, they give you large portions, right? Not, not small portions. We, we want to have the, the, the most of what we can have. And the psalmist is saying, God, you are my portion. And I'm content with that. He's, he's setting everything else aside. And he's saying, God, you are my portion. You are my cup of blessing. I believe if you wish to get down to the very core of what David is saying, it's the same thing that we see when Jesus pray, teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. I believe King David is saying here, you are all that I need today. You are my cup of blessing. Everything I need for today. He's content with. Lord, You are my portion. You are my cup of blessing. And then watch this. So he says, not only are you, am I content with You for what You have for me today, but he talks about the future. The Lord holds His future. Now, here's how we really make this personal. Contrast the Lord being our portion, the Lord being our cup of blessing, with our possessions. My possessions. 
in life is my portion. What's that going to lead to? Bitterness, right? Because what happens if someone starts kind of encroaching on my possessions? Anger. Joylessness. My possessions are my portion. My possessions are my cup of blessing. My, my possessions hold my future. Man, what a sad way to live. But it's so easy for that, that way of life to sneak into a Christian's life. That we begin to think of everything that we have right now. We compare it to others. And we go, man, my future's not looking too good compared to them. Which is interesting. We always look up. We never look back. But King David is saying, God, you are my portion. Contrast that with our possessions. But what about this? What if we just contrast it with our positions? Not our possessions, but our position. What if we was to place all of our joy, all of our happiness, all of our blessing based on the position that I have at, at my job or based on the position I have within my family, based on the position I have within the community that I live in? What if all of my joy is wrapped up in that? What happens when I begin to lose that? I began to bend the rules to keep my position. I began to fight to keep, I don't want to lose that. Because that is my hope. That is my joy. That is my future. King David says, it's not my possessions. It's not my position. It's you, God. You are my portion. Let me give you another one. What if we was to contrast that with people's opinions of us? What if we were to fight just for our reputation? If we were to say, man, my joy is based on my reputation. My, my peace is based on my reputation. My, my future is based on my reputation. Therefore, I must do this, 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 and this. And look a certain way and have a certain thing for me to be able to keep up my reputation. What happens, not only is that exhausting, right? But what happens when we begin to lose that? When it seems like my reputation is not going the way that's going to best benefit me for my future. We get angry. Joyless. Bitter. King David says, no. God, you are my portion. You are my cup of blessing. You, God, and only you, hold my future. Think about what King David is saying here. You have held my present. And because you have held my present, I'm trusting that you are going to hold my future. Here's what King David had. King David doesn't have what we have. We know that because of the relationship with Jesus Christ, our future is secure, right? King David didn't have that. King David had no idea about the security that a believer can have in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if King David would have known that, he could have said, Oh, Jesus Christ, because you died on the cross for me, and because you rose again, I know that I will arise again with you in heaven. The psalmist is saying, presently, I have been given Lord. Presently, right now, He is my cup of blessing. My blessing, my future is secure because the one who holds the future holds me. I am secure in His hands. Now, here's the tough question we have to ask. Make this personal. Ready? Is this enough for you?
Is God being your portion enough for you? Is God being your cup of blessing? Is it enough for you? We have to wrestle with that. And here's the deal. The sooner we move that from a mental yes to a physical yes, the quicker we will be able to find the peace that, we, that, Psalm, that, that King David says in Psalm 16.9. See, we can, we can say the Sunday school thing and say, yes, God is enough for me. But then go and live our life the rest of our week like, no, He's not enough. By fighting for our possessions. Fighting for our position. Fighting for people's opinion about us. And so we must move it from just this mental, cognitive yes to a physical, yes, God, you are enough for me. And when the psalmist says that, when King David says that, he's able to say, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My body rests. Intentional step number three that we must make. This is the easiest of all four. We can do this one, right? We can do all of them. This is the easiest one. Praise the Lord. Adorn Him. Acknowledge His goodness. Here's where it gets a little bit hard. Even at night, when my thoughts trouble me. Praise the Lord. Even at night, when my thoughts Trouble me. Look at verse 7. This is what, the, this is what King David... This is, now remember, all of this is before the therefore. Therefore, my heart rejoices. My whole being... Uh, or my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My body rests. Look at verse 7. I will bless the Lord who... Oh, this is good. Who counsels me even at night when my thoughts trouble me. Praise the Lord even at night. When your thoughts trouble you, praise Him. Adorn Him. Acknowledge His greatness. Worship Him as He counsels you through His Word. The psalmist who's been able to declare the peace of God isn't absent. He isn't immune to trouble in his life. And we see that in, in verse 7. Even at night when my thoughts trouble me, there's, there's some things that are, that are troubling King David. So he's, it's not like he's some, you know, he's set up on a pedestal with, with no troubles at all. Even at night. But I think this is not only physical night, but I think it's dark seasons. Even when we go through a dark season, even when things aren't going the way that we thought that they were going to go, King David is saying this, Worship Him. I praise You. I adorn You when my thoughts trouble me. Listen to daily experience verse 9. I must allow God's Word to counsel me. Let me say it again. To daily experience the fruit of verse 9, then we must allow God's Word to counsel us. And as it does, worship Him even when, especially when we find ourselves being troubled, going through dark seasons, especially then. Listen, Satan will not quit. Satan will not give up. We must take these intentional steps. Listen, Satan can have your soul. Or I'm sorry, Satan can't have your soul, but he can sure rob you of your joy. 
Satan can't have your soul, but he can sure rob you of your joy if you don't fight for it. Therefore, I believe King David is saying, even when I'm troubled, I will praise, I will adore, I will acknowledge the greatness of God. Intentional step number four. Look at verse eight. I always let the Lord guide me. Because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Skip down to verse 10. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not, God, you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me and your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. So here's the intentional step number four. Rest in the Lord's guidance because of the promise of His presence. Let me say it again. Rest in the Lord's guidance as He guides you every single day because of the promise of His presence. The psalmist is able to say, I always let the Lord Guide me. That's before the therefore. That's before the peace, the, uh, the, the blessing. That's before the rest. Because the psalm, King David lets the Lord guide him. With confidence, King David is trusting in the promises of God. Let me share just a couple of them with you. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Follow along on the screen. Deuteronomy chapter 31. This is such a great promise for us to remember. Be strong, God says, and courageous. Don't be terrified of the, or afraid of them. For the Lord your God is one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Someone needs to hear that this morning. That our God will not abandon you. You can be abandoned by, by a mom. You can be abandoned by a dad. You can be abandoned by a spouse. You can be abandoned by a friend who was at one time a very close friend, but now they have, they have abandoned you. But listen, your God will not abandon you. And King David, who's saying, man, there's a lot of people who have abandoned me. There's people who once were my friends, now they are coming after me, want to, to kill me. And he is proclaiming and he is resting in the promises of God. And one of them, the key one, is that God won't ever abandon him. Joshua chapter 1-9 may be the most familiar in my list here. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? Why does Joshua say that? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's another one. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Listen church, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are secure in the hand of God. He will not abandon you. And because of that, because of that one single characteristic of God, we can walk in peace. We can rest in the presence of God. Here's the takeaway. Let me close with this. And this is like the real closing, alright? The real thing. Listen. God has done everything possible for the hope that we see in verse 9 to be available to you and I. Let me say it again. God has done everything possible for that hope in verse 9 to be available to you and I. But 
we must take the four intentional steps as the psalmist did to be able to say, as King David did, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My body rests. If you want to be able to say that, if you want to be able to experience that, then do what the psalmist did. God's made everything available for you. God has empowered you, brother and sister in Christ. God has empowered you by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to, be, to do the, every one of these four things that I've shared. He's given you that ability. But we must seek it. We must fight for it. We can't just assume it's going to happen. Listen, we, that, is, that is living our life in neutral. Assuming is living your life in neutral. In neutral, you'll always be blown whichever way the wind goes. Listen, we need to put it in drive and we need to fight for the peace that we found in verse 9. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank You so much for Your powerful Word. God, I thank You for the hope that You have shown us in Your Word. God, we don't have to be joyless. We can be filled with joy. We can be filled with peace. We can be filled with, with satisfaction in You and in You alone. God, we can have we can have that. We can have the rest, that just that good, refreshing rest, even in dark seasons, even when we are, are weary of the things that are going on around us, we can still experience incredible rest. Oh God, I pray that you would help us help us to fight for that. Help us to do it in a way that mirrors the way the psalmist did it. God, would you reveal in our own life the, the things that we escape to? The things that we exchange? The peace that you would give us, we exchange with the things this world offers. God, may we confess those to you, knowing that you will forgive us of those. And God, may we experience the true comfort and peace of coming to You, of bringing those things to You. Bringing our hurts. Bringing our struggles. Bringing our disappointments. Bringing them to You and to You alone. Oh, Father, I love You. Thank You for loving us. It's in Your Son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to have a time of response. Time for us to, to respond to the message that You have just heard. Maybe... Maybe you need all four of those. Maybe you need to work on all four. Maybe there's one or two of those. You're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing those. But there's a couple that you've kind of, God's words nailed me on. I, I hadn't been doing that. Maybe that's why I'm not experiencing the peace. This is an opportunity. Whatever God is leading you to do, this is an opportunity for you to respond to God's word. I would count it a privilege to come and pr to pray with you. If you'd like to come, and I'll be down here. I'll pray with you. If you want to just come to the steps and pray, feel free to do that. Or maybe this church is a place where you're saying, man, I, I want to be a part of this church family. I want to be on mission. I want to join this church to reach this community and surrounding areas with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, this would be a great time to do that. Our praise team is going to sing a few verses. And if you want to come and join the church, or if you want to come and pray, this would be a great time for you to do that. Lead us. Thank you for joining us for worship at FBC Farwell. If you made a decision for Christ, please let us know by contacting Pastor Russ at russ at fbcfarwell.org. 
We would love to connect with you and walk alongside you in your faith journey. We have some great resources to send you that will help you grow in your faith. As we close, I want to say thank you for listening today. If God leads you to give to the ministry of FBC Farwell, you can text FBC Farwell to the number 77977. Thank you for your generosity.